This is a CBC Podcast. Hey, I'm Claire Bonnyman. And I'm Mindariwal. And welcome to the final loop of 2022. That's, that's got a good ring to it. It is our last episode of the year, and I, for one, am excited to kick back and unwind a bit during the holidays, I think. How about you, buddy? Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It'll be nice to kind of just switch off the brain and maybe watch uh, marathon movies. Is that your MO? Like marathon movies are your... Yeah, I think that'll be part of it. Uh And uh, yeah, just getting outside, maybe a little ODR, outdoor hockey, you know? Yes, yes. At the outdoor rink and uh, just have some fun. Yeah, everyone. I think that is the thing about the holidays is there's craziness and there's excitement and there's love. But then... There's a lot of that, like, chilling back, relaxing, figuring out what the New Year's going to bring. Absolutely. So today on the show, we are talking about taking the edge off, but in a different way than people might think. Mm -hmm. Because alcohol and the holidays have become kind of synonymous. Right. I know I've been making jokes already about, like, oh, you know, you got to have the wine to deal with the family, which is, like, kind of a lie. I love my family. Yeah. But, you know, and there's the parties you go to. Course, there's the eggnog spiked with things, there's the other things, the beers, the whiskeys, (laughs) yeah, there's all sorts of stuff. But, um, yeah, I always approach it with uh, just you know, moderation. I mean, the days of losing days because of drinking over the holidays, (laughs) those are long gone, you're past those, way past. So, (laughs) I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to uh, have fun on a Monday and be okay on a Wednesday. So, yes, I am entering that's kind of the way I look at it. I'm entering the phase of my life when a hangover Where, hurts a lot more than yeah. it used to. No, no more lost days. That should be on a T-shirt. <laughs> that should be, but yeah. it is hard. There are times when you do really feel, I think, pressure to drink. I mean, of course, New Year's for goodness sakes. The whole point is yeah. to to have a glass of bubbly, right? Yeah. I personally have never gone like fully sober mm-hmm. for a long time. Like I've done a few months here and there, not drinking. Sure. Um, but so uh, there are situations where you go in and, and people are like, oh, what are you drinking? And like, I don't want to order a Sprite. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And I mean, I'm sure there's people that are extending sober October mm-hmm. into December. Right? I mean, dry January is coming up too. You could always start it early. And it's a thing now. It it's, totally is. I mean, and it's acceptable. It's, yeah. you know, you don't get kind of ribbed or bugged about it. So, which I think is great. And, um, yeah. I mean, you know, there are just a slew of options, as I found out, for people who, yeah, are not into the the whole drinking and just kind of want to uh, have something, but, make, you know, make sure that there isn't any alcohol in it. So uh, whether you're sober, the DD, or just, you know, you don't feel like having a beer that night, uh, you can find this stuff um, on the store shelves right alongside the wines and spirits. Yeah, and I mean, you don't even have to go to liquor stores. I, I was at London Drugs the other day yeah. and was mind blown by the amount of non-alcoholic cocktails just sitting on the shelves. It was just sitting there. And it's fun to explore. Like, there's so many. I mean, I made the joke uh, that ones. you'd go into uh, Safeway and they'd have the uh, cans of O'Doul's. Oh, yes. Right? So like 0.05% or 0.5%. Yeah. But um, yeah, they are everywhere now. And uh, as mentioned, I went to visit Sherbrooke Liquor in town just off 118th Ave there and and St. Albert Trail and uh, purchasing manager Stephen Bazan uh, was there and he showed me how the stock is changing in his shop and that includes people coming through the front doors asking for it and not uh, just kind of uh, wanting you know stuff with booze I mean obviously that is a huge part of the business that they do of course but uh, they're slowly noticing this other demographic uh, that wants that option (laughs) 
uh, Sherbrooke Liquor, we've we've been in business about 15 years now here locally in Edmonton. We have two locations. And yeah, we're just a, a local craft-focused uh, shop for craft beers, craft spirits, wine, all, all sorts of things. And, and really, Stephen, that market has, it's just kind of skyrocketed uh, recently, hasn't it? It, it has, yeah, especially the, the non-alcohol uh, section is just, just exploding right now. Just the past four or five years, we've just seen it grow incrementally each year. And it's very rare that, you know, the liquor business is a business of trends and ebbs and flows and different things. And just to see a category rise this steadily, this consistently, is quite, quite remarkable. And it's, it's become a huge part of our business, actually, yeah. I mean, I may uh, reveal my age here, but I remember back in the day, you know, you'd go through Safeway, you'd see O'Doul's, or you, it would be rare to go into a liquor store and see something that didn't have any alcohol in it. But, I mean, I'm looking at a number of examples here in front of me, almost uh, eight or ten. Uh, it really has increased. It, it really has, and, and more importantly, just the quality ha- has increased. I, th- I feel like that's part of the reason why we have seen non-alcohol uh, beverages explode so much the past few years is, is uh, th- these breweries, wineries, uh, distilleries, in quotation marks, they're just, they're just uh, churning out really high quality, really tasty, really complex products that, that stand up to their alcohol counterpart. So it's really amazing to see. And let's face it, I mean, there's a a growing segment of the population that doesn't want to drink, but still enjoy uh, something in their hands when they're uh, out and about. Yeah, it's a it's a whole lifestyle choice now. Being being sober, sober curious. Um, a lot of people are exploring that, whether it's you, you know medical condition, possibly, or just just learning more about the long term effects of, of overconsumption of alcohol. And I know us personally here at the at the store. I think part of the reason why we have grown our section so much is a lot of us really really enjoy having the non alcohol beverages at home. I know for myself, a lot of people are surprised being the purchasing manager and specifically focused on the beer side of things is more often the not when I go home I'm cracking open a non-alcohol beer at the end of the day after you know sampling some products here with our sales staff learning about them um, yeah when I go home it's just the, the beer that's coming out now in the non-alcohol section is fantastic and how would you compare it I mean uh, being someone who's in the business I'm sure you've sampled pretty much everything <laughs> in here but uh, to make that decision and go home it must be good it's it's really good and there's there's a lot of factors that go into that I think because the market is growing the demand is growing a lot breweries know that they have to up their game if they want to capture that segment um, of the business but all the business side a part of it like it's just uh, there's new there's new methods that breweries are using um, that wineries are using uh, whether on the technological side of things you know using different enzymes in the fermentation project uh, process that takes out the alcohol or using different yeast strains that don't produce alcohol but still ferment the sugars different things like that there's a lot of technological advances that are um, really helping the non-alcohol alcohol segment and yeah the the end result is just a really tasty beverage that that again is is tasting more and more like the real thing nowadays so this is just a section that has non-alcoholized is that how you guys kind of yeah so this is it's kind of our newest section in the store and um and it's we used to have a small non-alcohol wine section for years and years but just recently just last year we had to uh, expand the non-alcohol wine section, but also include just this wide array of non-alcohol spirits as well. So we have a whole dedicated section. I feel like this is the, the part of the store where people are most surprised when they sure. see, because a lot of people know about the non-alcohol beers and things, but 
right now the the the, the spirits and and the array of wines that are available really surprises people i mean especially looking at all of these uh, different bottles of wine we're surrounded by stuff with alcohol in it and then all of a sudden you see some bottles that yeah. i mean it jumps out at you non-alcoholic yeah yeah it really does yeah it's, it, <laughs> this is not rum this is not gin yeah, i like that yeah so like yeah the clever branding again is just uh yeah the, these companies are really doing it well and, and making it very appealing for people to to even try out if they they never thought about it before they see this bottle they're like oh i wonder what it's like yeah i mean the marketing is really cool on here what are we looking at yeah so this is uh the brand undone and they do they do a whole array of different styles so we have uh they have this is not rum uh they have this is not gin a vermouth a red vermouth they even have a whiskey and, and different things so they yeah they do some really unique stuff and they really capture even the rum for example is um even people looking for a nice sipping rum like at, like a lot of the the non-alcohol spirits people use in cocktails and different things but this you could even just have on the rocks and just have like a nice sipping rum and it, it really has the same effect so would you describe it as uh i mean you know if you if you drank something with rum it has a, maybe a little bit of a bite with mm -hmm. the alcohol in it yeah. and, and compared to this not so much of a bite yeah Th that's that's the clever part because because what a lot of these spirits companies are doing they experiment with different ingredients and things like spices so i know for for the whiskey uh undone which we have at the otwell location they use they use a lot of cinnamon and different spices that have heat to it so it almost uh, replicates that that burn that you get from the alcohol so so yeah it, it really captures captures the whole essence of it it's it's quite remarkable yeah that is fascinating if, if you're sober or sober curious and you're like, you want to be able to go to either, you know, a nice cocktail bar or come into a craft beer store like us and, and search the shelves and, and just be in this atmosphere. You want to be in those spaces where, you know, that is it's what, you know, that fun atmosphere where normally you would find alcohol, even at the dinner table or just at home on the weekends. So, so just being able to, to create that and, and have the same experience that you would with an alcohol product is I'm, I'm very proud of the industry for for taking the steps that they have been recently to make that possible. Yeah, they've clearly uh, looked into it and taken it seriously, right? I mean, uh, let's talk about some of these examples. I mean, I, I, I recognize the brand, Sea Change, did not know they had something with no alcohol in it. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's amazing to see all the local breweries now and get into the, the non-alcohol game. A lot of them are sort of dipping their toes in and experimenting with different batches and trying to get it just right. But, but yeah, Sea Change, they just released this pale ale. And it's really good because it's, um, I feel like a lot of times when breweries are making a non-alcohol beer, they, they try to play it safe and do, you know, certain styles that they feel like would be accessible to most people. But because because so many people are into craft beer now, uh, the, the really flavorful, hoppy, you know, right. bitter or like malt, sour, sa sours, all that sort of thing. It's uh, breweries are really starting to be adventurous with their non-alcohol options. So, so you will find this. It's got like a really nice hoppy, bitter edge to it and a lot of body and, and a ton of flavor. And it's not uncommon nowadays that, that I'm seeing when a brewery does release a non-alcohol beer. It, for us anyways, it becomes their best selling wow. skew by far in some cases i mean why is that it's um i, I it, it just it speaks to i think it just speaks to the market nowadays like people are more and more people are are either drinking less alcohol or giving it up yeah. permanently and and just to have that you know that local connection that comes power of the brand yeah power of the brand it's yeah it's when people are looking for a non-alcohol option they are 
going to those local like crafty options sure. nowadays rather than like you said the you know the the 12 packs in the dusty corner and uh, in the grocery <laughs> store and that sort of thing so yeah. so yeah people want the fun new the the cool branding the cool packaging and yeah they just I, want to be a part of the whole scene I love how many options there are because I truly yeah. I do think back to the days when like all you could get was the like mad wine. Right. Or old duels. Or old duels. I, I know I'm aging myself or, <laughs> by mentioning that. But he's so right. Like the the marketing on, on these bottles were next level. Like yeah. they looked really cool. I brought a couple in, right? You and did. I so, showed you earlier this week. Well, and we're going to try one. So right. I'll, I'll crack this okay. and you talk to me about what we're trying. Yeah, so this is from Sea Change. They are a local uh, craft brewer, and uh, their marketing is next level. And, uh, I mean, this says near beer brewed right here. I mean, yeah. you can't get any better than that. And I love the fact that they called it Straight Edge, yeah, which straight is edge, the perfect right? amalgamation. Cheers, my dude. Yeah, cheers. Here you go. Cheers. Let's, we can drink at uh, work. Let's sort see of. what it uh, tastes like. That's beer. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't it, does it not... I mean, like you can tell towards the end of that swig that, okay, maybe there's not a ton of alcohol on it or none at all. Yeah, maybe. it's just not the harshness of like, ah, it, It's alcohol. not as hoppy as, as the but. one I tried at Sherbrooke, which, mm. I, which I said to Stephen, I said, you know, if, there was, if I was blindfolded and I grabbed a couple of these, yeah. like that one that had no alcohol in it, I would not be able to tell that was a yeah. non-alcoholized beer. No, it's, I mean, so, it's good. Yeah. I mean, I think initially when you take a, a sip of this, it feels like you're having a regular beer because it smells like a regular beer. It does. It's got the head that you'd expect. It looks like beer. Mm-hmm. It's got the smell, the taste. But it is a little softer, right? Yeah. Like compared to any other beer. But I mean, yeah, look at look at that can. I'm sure they sell a ton of them. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it is a little misleading. Straight edge, you're thinking to get walloped by 6% beer, but uh, that is not what happens. There you go. Let's crush a beer. <laughs> So we talked about this. It feels like alcohol and the holidays go hand in hand, but it doesn't have to be that way. There are options more than ever, really, for folks who are laying off the alcohol for any reason. And locally, too, there are businesses championing an adult alcohol alternative. Joanne Pierce is the creator and potions witch behind Mockups Mocktails, and she joins us now on The Loop. Hello and welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. Thank you for coming. So what's the origin story of Mockups Mocktails? What is it that you do? Yeah, so, well, I mean, I think people expect when you stop drinking, something really dramatic happened before, yeah. you know, you, like, drove your car drunk into a, I don't know, kiosk. Woke up in a bath, <laughs> a kiosk. That's an interesting It's oddly specific. <laughs> a jewelry kiosk, okay. kiosk in a mall. Oh, which mall? <laughs> Southgate. No. So, like, nothing happened. I just woke up one day, and I yeah. had, like, I don't know, a few drinks the night before, and I was like... I'm kind of over this. Yeah. Like, I just feel a little bit anxious. And I was just like, you have a few drinks several days a week, and you kind of have that baseline gross feeling all the time. 100%. And I was like, I'm going to try to not do this for a little while and see what it feels like. So I just did a 90-day challenge, or I Mm -hmm. told myself I was going to do that. Um, But I'm somebody with, like, a tremendous amount of energy and that can work for me or, for like, against me. 100%, yeah. With hangovers, it always would work against me. Uh, but now, like, when I stopped drinking, I was yeah. like, I need to do something with my hands, uh, particularly at happy hour. Because my, my partner still drinks and, you know, he would have his beer and I just wouldn't really know what to do. Mm-hmm. So I just started boiling every spice in my house. <laughs> I was like, Sichuan oh, peppercorn, cool, let's boil it. Normal reaction, I like it. Yeah, <laughs> quit drinking, started boiling spices. <laughs> 
this this project just got totally out of hand from there. That's perfect, though. So how long has it been since you... Because that 90-day challenge has now extended. Yeah, that was uh, October 19th, 2020. Wow. Yeah, and I was like, dang, this. you know what it is? Is that, like, I, I also love validation. And so I started <laughs> to just love it. So I... Started like, and I put all of my skills to use on this one. I've always yeah. kind of been a potions witch. I love infusing. I love making the simple syrups, even when I was drinking. Um, and then I put my marketing to use there. Put my sense of design to use there. Started photographing my mocktails. Made books. Put well. First of all, I put them on social media. Yep. That's where the validation came in. <laughs> I was really shy about it at first. I was like, oh, people are going to think that I'm an alcoholic. But uh, ta- like that shine is like, uh, yeah. Where did that come from? Just that stigma, or or what? What was it that had you nervous to even start sharing the fact that you were doing mocktails in the first place? I think a lot of people, alcohol is a funny one, right? It's yeah. the only one where you stop doing it and people assume there's something wrong with you. Mm. They're like, oh, I quit smoking cannabis. People are like, yeah, you probably wanted to be more clear headed. That's fair. You're like, oh, I quit drinking. You know, like it's really, it's like carcinogenic and causes anxiety. And people will be like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> Does it run in your family? Mm. <laughs> like, there's just like, it's like they pathologize you immediately. Absolutely. And, and you feel vulnerable, I yeah. think. And that doesn't, we're not like that with any other drug. Yeah. And, I, you know, I, I just was like, I felt shy about sharing this nerdy passion with the world. But, you know, the validation came hard and fast and people were really into it. And I, I didn't mean to stumble into this at this moment, but it was, it felt so good. <laughs> It kind of replaced the drinking. Yeah. And now now I know too much. Like, <laughs> I can't go back. No. I know too much about what alcohol does. I know mm. too much about my tendency to, yeah. like, become an everyday drinker. And I think I would fall back into that. Yeah, yeah. That I just am pushing forward. No. Well, it's uh, it's something that I've noticed recently, too, is that the conversation around alcohol is changing. Yeah. And you have this really funny section on your website of, like, reasons to stop drinking. And literally, it's everything from, like, I'm taking my fitness seriously to, like, I don't feel like it tonight to things like kidney stones or... That's a real legit concern. Yeah. And then other <laughs> maybe more questionable concerns, like your dog is judging you, which... But I think it it's, it's funny, but it's so true, is that there's so many reasons, and you hear them more from people now of, oh, no, I'll pass on the beer. What's it like to see that conversation change? It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That, you know, we, we're seeing a shift away from alcohol just always having to be the norm. And I think people, the more we can normalize not drinking, the more we can normalize having sober options, having inclusive options. Yeah. Like, drinking is fine too. But I think like the less people are going to feel shy about saying that they're not drinking, the less they're going to feel afraid that people are judging them. Uh, so, and the more fun we can have with it and the more, the, the more we can get away from seeing mocktails as like a pejorative exercise, mm-hmm. you know, as a thing that you settle for. Yeah. And we see them as like a, a legitimate culinary pursuit. The, I think it's just like, it's a lot of fun. It doesn't have to be like, really like hush, like, oh no, I'm so sorry. Like what's, <laughs> have what's a wrong? ginger ale. Do you have a medical problem? Like, yeah. <laughs> Well, okay, so talking about that specialness, your mocktails and the stuff that you have made on Radioactive every week, but also just the products that you sell in your different mixes, they are special and they're different and they have all these flavors. How do you go about approaching mocktails and creating that kind of complexity that people think of when they think of a celebratory drink? You know what? Food inspires me a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So like 
you can sort of like apple crumble, you know, mm-hmm. just like make a cinnamon simple syrup, mix it with apple juice. And, and I think I have a recipe where I put like rutabaga stock in that one. <laughs> uh, so I think like if you start thinking about the dishes that you like and start thinking, how can I turn that into a drink? Mm-hmm. And it might be weird and it might be salty. It might be savory, but that is the fun part. Yeah. Nobody like, it's, it's, I think it's rare that we get to surprise people with foods and I think this is sort of like unexplored territory for us in this culture at least we're used to like sweet Mm -hmm. and like maybe two salty drinks we accept our Caesars we accept (laughs) our Bloody Marys yeah exactly not a lot else I even like wipe salt off the rim of some drinks because I'm like I don't know if that's a well sometimes it's too salty yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I get like the rudest responses to my <laughs> mocktails at markets. I'm so used to it. It's fine. Yeah. Because we're not used to just like, oh, why is my juice spicy? You're like Shirley Temple, right? Like yeah. that's where your head goes. Yeah. The people, you know, we, we're just too used to sweet, I think. Here. Yeah. So it's, it's fun. We get to play with people. How do you begin? Where do you begin when you're making a mocktail? I just made I've made some truly disgusting things like they're okay, not all diamonds. That's what I want to hear about. What's the most <laughs> disgusting thing you made on accident, especially in the early boiling phase? I I thought that like a salty peanut butter lassie would be delicious. Oh. It was not. Oh. The peanut butter didn't blend in well. It was like a creamy chunky vomit. <laughs> I'm so glad neither of us is eating right now. Yeah, if you ever want to, like, replicate stomach acid. (laughs) (laughs) You're the person to go to. Yeah, it was super gross. So that's the bad side. Do you remember the first drink that you made that really surprised you? Of Like, wow, this is something different? Gosh, I think I – I brought it on here, I think. I make, like, a grapefruit and thyme salty dog. I was about to say the salty dog is one that I remember distinctly. Because it was just a really interesting blend. What what are the ingredients that went into that one? So that one is uh, grapefruit juice. I think I make like a thyme simple syrup, a little bit of Lumet alt gin. I don't actually use those a lot Mm. um, because I think that, again, like it takes away from us being able to think about it as food. If you can think about how you can add those layers of complexity yourself. Yeah. But we don't always have time for that. So, yeah, grapefruit, thyme simple syrup, Lumet. It's got the salted rim. And that's when it kind of got me really interested in like, oh, how does salt play off of sweet? And and yeah, it's just I love mocktails because they're they're playful, they're surprising, they're you can be as weird as you want, yeah. and they're this like there's just a vacuum in the economy here too as well. Like Definitely. nobody's doing bottled mocktails particularly well. Um, I find when you go to restaurants, they you know they'll just like mix juices. <laughs> They'll be like, hey, I put a little Sprite in your iced tea. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> I put a cucumber on it. Here you go. Fancy. Garnish. Kim's cup. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Just throw vegetables into a thing. It's a mocktail. Yeah. So that that's like, uh, I think there, we, have, we have a long way to go there. Mm-hmm. And, and it's fun to be able to like take up space. How often do we get to find a new niche, particularly when it comes to food? Definitely. And like that mocktail niche is is certainly you're kind of killing it on that territory. But there's this broader like I've seen more and more breweries coming out with non-alcoholic beers, yeah. um, different kind of you talked about Lumet, but different kind of non-alcoholic spirits. What's it like to see that grow in? And I mean, they're alongside other drinks in the liquor store now, too. Uh, it strikes fear in my heart. <laughs> As a businesswoman. As a businesswoman, yeah. <laughs> I definitely get, like, really competitive. Like, it reminds me of, like, the science fair as a kid. And you oh look over gosh. at the other kid's project and you're like, 
damn it, that one's kind of good. You're like, my poster's not as shiny. Yeah, I'm not sleeping tonight. (laughs) 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 Gotta glitter my poster. (laughs) So as a businesswoman who is in the game, Mm -hmm. definitely, like, I feel like the time is now because they call it the soft crush, right? Like, the, the big players are taking note. Uh, and they're they're definitely going to be coming into the market. Yeah, but they're also just not going to do it as well because they're no. they're you know they're using artificial flavors. They're mm-hmm. they're sort of cutting corners where they can, and a lot of places are still trying to market soda as mocktails. Yeah, but the sober person in me, <laughs> <laughs> the you know like just sort of mocktail enthusiast mm-hmm. in me, loves it, and I think it's you know it's fantastic. And the person you know. The adult woman in me who likes going to events and seeing proper options there. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of room. So I think that, you know, that, that side of me definitely invites it and, and loves it. And if we can get away from, like, only having, I don't know if we can mention brand names, but, like, <laughs> O'Doul's or Budweiser Prohibition yeah. on the menu when we go to events, that would be awesome. Because there's so much good stuff out there. Like, yeah. with the beers in particular, mm-hmm. the craft brewing scene is on it and they're killing it like syc has a fantastic one that's phantom buzz yeah that one's really good it's really well it's funny so we were at the cbc christmas party this past weekend and i was driving and also i'm in the middle of a pretty hectic time so i was like i don't really want to drink because that you know anxiety the next day and all those feelings but when i went up to the bar there was the sea change um straight edge It looks so good. That can is sexy. I also just like how it (laughs) leans in. It says on the side, crush uh, near beers, not dreams. And I'm just like, I like how they lean in. But there was that. And there was also the Phantom Buzz, the SYC non-alcoholic beer. Yes. And I felt so cool because I was like, great. I can have, you know, a tall boy in hand at the Christmas party. Walk around. Everyone thinks, you know, yeah, I'm having a drink because I am having a drink. But, yeah. you know, there's not that question of I'm not going to get a, a glass with like a bright red juice or like a funny squiggly straw or, you know, because it doesn't <laughs> look different. Straw. Nothing dehumanizes you faster than a bendy straw <laughs> at a wedding. Honestly. And you're just like, I'm a child. I'm at the kids table. It's true. And like, it's it's really hard to describe until you've been there. Mm-hmm. Um like, when I started all of this, it was interesting. My brother and I, you know, used to just, like, talk on the phone and drink. And that's what we did. We're super, we're super tight. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, just talk about, like, childhood was weird, hey? <laughs> <laughs> a very normal conversation when you enter adulthood with your siblings. Yeah. Right, because they're the just ones like, who were there for the whole thing. how weird was that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but when I started doing all of this, I remember there was, like, a bit of a break there. And he was like, I don't understand why you're doing this. And, and... I would just be like, well, it's hard to describe, but but it's personal and I feel better. Mm-hmm. And then for him, he, he went through his own like health things and ended up, uh, you know, not being able to drink either. Yeah. And all of a sudden he was just like, he will not go to a restaurant <laughs> if they do not have a mocktail <laughs> menu. And I mean a good mocktail menu. Like he will call the manager ahead of time and be like, I'm bringing my own beer if you do not have a sufficient no like, option for me. Because when you're all of a sudden, like you have to live it to understand it. Yeah. That it really makes a difference. The the feeling considered, feeling like having that reward, some you know, having a thing that you wouldn't drink at lunch there for you makes it scratches the dopamine itch. Yeah. Right? Do you have a lot of people come up to you and share stories of sobriety or, or talk about that with you? Yeah, it's, I think it's my favorite part. Yeah. Actually, I love working markets. I, I know like soon we'll get too busy that I won't be able to do that all the time. But I love it because we are we have a meaningful product 
that people are willing to talk. And sometimes you just get stuck in conversation for like 40 minutes. Um, and it's good to be able to smile at them and be encouraging and be like, oh, yeah, I'm so sorry. Are you okay? I think that's the response that people normally get when yeah. they quit drinking. But you can be like, good for you. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. You're at three months. I bet. Is this your first Christmas? I'm like, I bet you're finding this kind of tough. And, and being able to champion them in a way that doesn't make them feel like just diseased. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm glad you brought up Christmas because this is a time of year when we think of drinking. I mean, it's associated with all the parties with New Year's, which is coming up too. How can people better approach this season, whether it's for themselves or others, to create it inclusive and to make sure that whether you drink or not, you can have a good time? Yeah, I think like as non-drinkers, what we can do for ourselves is make sure that we are taking breaks. Mm. I find myself missing drinking at Christmas all the time. Really? Yeah, I miss drinking. Like I do. I'd like, but like I said, I know too much, so I just don't think that I'll go back. Kidney stones. Kidney stones seem (laughs) terrible. (laughs) So yeah, as a non-drinker, what you can do is is take breaks. Make sure you're having fun. Because if you're not doing that, then you're going to start to feel like you're missing out. But if you are taking time to enjoy and doing the things that you like doing, I find that that really helps them kick that FOMO in the pants. Mm. And as friends of sober people, uh, the way that we can support is to have those options on on hand. Even if it is Budweiser prohibition, there's nothing wrong with that. It doesn't have to be craft beer. You do not have to spend eight hours preparing a mocktail like me because yeah. that is my passion. And I'm a little... And you can do that work and right? they can drink the benefits of it. Yeah. They can, you know, like just take, do a very quick Google <laughs> simple syrup. Yeah. And like it is, there's literally thousands of recipes out there. It is the easiest thing to make. It is the name. It's in the name. <laughs> simple. It's in the name. But like people will brag about how long they spend making soup broth. Mm. People will brag about how hard it was to cook something as yeah. though that is like you know something that deserves merit and then at the they'll turn around on a dime and be like oh simple syrup you have to let it sit for an hour i don't have time for that like you're literally just boiling a yeah. thing bring that bone broth energy to Br- simple syrup bring that bone broth energy <laughs> to your mocktails or even 10% of it make a simple syrup have that on hand mm-hmm. and and you know like your non-drinkers will feel considered it is in the feeling considered it's not always logical. Yeah. Like a Coke is, you know, basically made up of the same components. It, it, a Coke actually has complex flavor in it. Yeah. But psychologically, a Coke is what you drank when you were nine. It's, it's not an adult beverage. Mm-hmm. So. And so having those kind of mixes or adult beverages on hand that yeah. are non-alcoholic. Yeah. It'll make people feel like they belong. It'll make them feel like you want them there. And you're not just making everybody feel uncomfortable. Like a weird insecurity that I've developed in all of this is that like I'm boring now. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. And you're like people, oh, no. you know, people don't want you there because they're going to feel judged. I've, right. I've gotten over that part. Yeah. Um, but definitely, yeah, people people want to feel like they're, they're still hip. They're still with it. They still belong at the party. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. Well, hopefully everyone belongs this season and everyone can make some bone broth energy simple syrup. Just 10%. (laughs) Joanne, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. 
The Loop is a podcast from CBC Edmonton, and our team this year has included Leslie Goldstone, Corey Haberstock, Tahara Feruzen, Samantha Schwentek, Chris Martin, Olivia O, oh, and James Evans. Our theme music is Change Your Mind by the Edmonton musician John Common. And I'm Claire Bonnyman. It's our last episode of The Loop for 2022, so thank you for hanging out with us. Have a happy and safe holiday, and we'll see you in 2023. Cheers to that. I'll man. cheers to that. Absolutely. <laughs> I'll drink this. You take We can't this. waste this non-alcoholized beer. The Loop, as always, is recorded on Treaty 6 territory, traditional lands of First Nations and Métis communities. If you want to get in touch with us, you can. You can send us an email, theloop at cbc.ca. You can head to Twitter. We're still on there. We are, I'm shockingly. At, I'm at <laughs> Mindariwal, and yeah, it's still getting engagement, so... I'll take it while it's there. <laughs> I'm at Naminaw. You can leave us a rating or a review wherever you download the show. And you can find us on CBC Listen or wherever you find your podcasts. <laughs> you don't have to tell me chug, twice. Chug, chug, oh, chug, 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 chug. Don't you actually. You need the gonna... peanuts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Imagine chugging eight of burp. these. For more CBC podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.